Welcome to 10,000 More, the podcast that explores the topics of grief, mental health, love, and everything that intertwines that all together. I'm Ruby Falk, and whatever it is that brought you to me, I'm very grateful for it. Welcome back, guys. I am so excited. Today, I am joined by Alyssa Wasco, who is the founder and designer of Donnie, um, a contemporary clothing brand. Um, She is awesome, and I'm just so, so excited that she is here to share her story with me. So welcome, Alyssa. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. We are an honor. (laughs) I, yeah, I really just want to give you the space to share, and I guess we can just start with your whole story. Yeah. Um, well, it has been almost 10 years since I started my company. Um, and also since I lost my dad, which is, um, you know, kind of how the whole thing started. I think that, um, initially, uh, my company was more, it wasn't a company. It was really, I just started making these scarves and it was very much so a coping mechanism for me mm-hmm. and it was an outlet and I'd always been creative and I think that a lot of people obviously grieve and cope in different ways but for me creativity was always uh, my best way to do that and I think also distraction right. um, my dad passed away the second day of my sophomore year of college mm-hmm. and you know, I obviously left, came home, yeah, did all the fun funeral mm, stuff. Yes. And, you know, also faced with the choice, you know, do I take the semester off? Do I go back to school? You know, all of these questions that, you know, when you're in college and you lose a parent that you, you know, really have to think about. And I think the week after my dad passed away, my my goal was to make decisions in which I felt would make my dad proud, not necessarily, um, what I thought I was supposed to do. I mean, everyone was like, just take the semester off. You don't need to rush back to school. And, you know, I don't think my dad would have wanted me to stay home. Like, what was I going to do? Right. So it's like, (laughs) that's fair. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but went back out to school, took on like an additional 10 credits. At that time I was very, I just wanted to be distracted completely. Yeah. Um, so I did that. And then I think there was like a lull in between finals or midterms or something. Mm -hmm. And I'd always just loved scarves. I found them to be a very like comforting, um, accessory, I guess. And people always just knew me as someone that wore a lot of scarves. So I made a scarf and made one for a friend and people just really liked them. So I kept making them and it was just such an outlet for me and it was so helpful. And it was kind of this time every day where I, I wasn't distracting myself. I was actually very consciously aware Mm. of what I was doing. And it was like, I don't know. It was like my dad time every day, kind of. Oh, I love that. Um, and anyway, I made these scarves. I attached little angel wing charms on them, which just kind of represented, or at least I felt represented. My dad was like watching over me and like just kind of brought good luck or protection to like anyone that wore it. And I remember, I would say about like four or five months later after I'd made the first one and it had kind of started to, 
like build a little bit to the point where I couldn't keep making them. Mm -hmm. I actually came back to Denver and I was at a Nuggets game um, with one of my closest friends and we were sitting at the Nuggets game and I was kind of telling her about it. And I was like, you know, this has really helped me, you know, kind of get through this. And I was like, I kind of want to name it and I kind of want to make it into something. She's like, okay, like let's brainstorm names. Like, what are you thinking? And I was like, well, I definitely wanted to have something to do with my dad because I really feel that it, you know, is kind of the reason that I have gotten through the past however many months. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I, my dad's name was Donald and everyone called him Donnie. And I always thought after my dad passed away that I would name my daughter Donnie. So I was like, I really want to name it something with Donnie, but you know, I, I want to name my daughter Donnie. And she kind of laughed at me. She's like, do you ever think that this will become something (laughs) that would make you not be able to do that? And I was like, touche. Surprise. Yeah. So... (laughs) Um, yeah, so I guess that's kind of the background. I think, um, yeah, it definitely, you know, I think there's pros and cons. I think there's part of this that has really helped me cope. And I think there's parts of this that have almost made me a little numb to it because I have to talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. Like when I have to tell the backstory and whatever, I'm not as connected to it. Like right now I'm very in this moment and I feel like I'm actually connecting to what I'm saying but like when I'm interviewed for other things it's like I know what I'm saying you have because I have to say it yeah right Right. and I think that that's almost you know I'm I'm so guarded in it that when I'm saying it it's like a speech so it's like I don't always have to feel it because I have to talk about it all the time if that makes sense it does yeah for sure I'm I you know what you were able to build and that like you are, you are an inspiration to people, like to everybody, but I'm particularly specifically rather speaking to like how you were able to, to channel your grief into, into something like so beautiful and so like your passion project. I just, I'm so in awe of that because I, I felt like my grief experience was so the opposite but I also love what you just said that because as an outsider, I thought you were like throwing yourself into this and, and this was your distraction, but it wasn't your distraction. You said it was, this was your. Yeah. I mean, also I feel part of, it was just survival. It's like I was 19. I lost my dad who was like my obsession. Yeah. And you know, losing a parent at any age, of course, sometimes are more critical than others, but you know, it, it's not an easy time to lose your dad. Right. And I think that, you know, when you're in college and you're meeting new people and it's all these new experiences, it's, you know, you have to just, I just had to figure out how to survive. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of my coping and grieving has happened more recently than even then, because, you know, I think, distraction is great and I think it kind of goes along with survival and I think that there were definitely moments where I was going through it but yeah I don't think I've really realized the magnitude of the effect that it's really had on me until you know the past couple of years Um, and I think that that awareness now has you know made me go through it in a very different way but I think up until that point you know, it was, it was grieving. It was creativity. It was how I was coping, but 
it was also just being able to get up every day. Right. And like you do what you surviving do. Yeah. and grieving are different things. Right. Does that make sense? Totally. hundred percent. Yeah. I, it's interesting. I mean, you were, yes, technically an adult, but you were a kid, right. like yeah. being 19. I mean, it's just like, you don't know anything yeah. <laughs> about the world. So yeah. it's, it's interesting that you had to experience it then. And, and I guess that was your way. Do you think you would do it the same if you, <sighs> is that, is that, is that too far? No. Okay. okay. There's nothing too Like if far. you, if you had this happened, let's say a year ago, you're mm-hmm. now 29. Yeah. Do you think you would have created the, like what would your grief have looked like as an adult? Wow. That is such a hard question. <laughs> Um, come back to it. I would love to say that I'm older and wiser and would have tackled it differently. Um, I'm not asking you to say that. I want to clarify. No. Like, I'm not asking you to say that. But like knowing what you know now, how do you think your grief would have, or this experience would have changed? You know, I... Knowing what I know now, I think I probably would have made more of a conscious effort to have more awareness mm-hmm. of okay. the, I don't know if issues are the right word, but the things that have developed in me as a result of losing my dad. And I think maybe having that awareness would have made me handle so many things differently and probably better. But I will say that, you know, over the last nine, 10 years that I have, you know, gone through this, that I think it all kind of has culminated and contributed to where I am now. And it's, you know, I think that has gotten me to the place where I should be. Right. But, you know, I mean, listen, you get older and you learn things and you see things in right. such Hindsight a different is way. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think I just never realized, I mean, everyone has problems. Everyone right. has <laughs> stuff from, you know, when you were three and when you were 10 and when you were whatever. But, you know, I think I've just now spent the time to learn of the effect that it really has had on me. And I don't think I did that until recently. And I think that that is the the biggest difference. Um, Are you comfortable sharing what these quote, issues are. Yes, I would love to share this, my issues <laughs> Share with your the issues world. with me, with the world. Um, I think fear of loss is one that sounds very simple, but I think that it it infiltrates every part and of your life and every relationship in yes. your life. And I think that it can be really paralyzing and very crippling. And mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, you... I used to convince myself that my dad ended up passing away because I didn't do enough or I didn't, um, you know, I didn't check in on how often he was working out and I didn't make sure he was eating oatmeal for breakfast every day. All of the things that I really did try and do. Um, but at the end of the day, it wasn't my fault. And I, it took me a really long time to like realize that. Absolutely. And I think, you know, knowing the things that you do have control over and the things that you don't have control over is something that's really important. But yeah, I mean, when you lose someone that's so important to you, you then almost anticipate that it's going to happen the next one with everything else, with all these other people. And yes, a fact of life is that you lose people. That's 
you're setting yourself up for failure and extreme disappointment if you think that that's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> um, but you also can't live your life that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes I have pushed people away because I've just, the, the knowing that I had the control to have the choice to lose them versus being blindsided mm-hmm. um, and losing them that way felt safer to me. Yeah. Um, So well put. Yeah. I mean, it's terrifying and it's like, you know, you, it's not a way to live happily. And I think that that's been a huge one. And just knowing that, listen, none of us really know anything. It's like you, you have the information you have in front of you and you make the best decisions you can and everything else is just going to happen. And I think once you really realize that, it helps. It doesn't make it go away. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, listen, I think for the rest of my life, like when a phone call comes in the middle of the night or if I come back to my phone and there's five missed phone calls or whatever the case may be, my heart sinks to my stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's just something that I have to live with and that's yeah. okay. But I think that the thing, I think the thing that sucks the most to just be, just say what it is, is mm-hmm. that, you know, Losing a parent, losing anyone is, it sucks. It just blatantly sucks. But I think the thing that's really shitty that happens even after that is that it gives you all these other things on top of that, that it's like kind of, it's like people think, oh, you lost them. That really sucks. And like, it is what it is. moving on. Yeah. It's not. Yep. It's with you forever. Yeah. And I think just knowing that is maybe a huge part of the battle, but yeah. Okay. Issues. Fear of loss, fear of abandonment, (laughs) Um, you know, knowing again what you have control over and what you don't have control over and knowing that it's not your fault. Yeah. And I think, you know, my dad had certain health issues. He had asthma and he had heart stuff and whatever. And I kind of made it my life's mission to, you know, I was a freshman in college and I would call him 10 times a day. Did you eat? What did you eat? Did you put, did you put the raspberries on your oatmeal? Like you made eggs. Were there cheese on the eggs? Like, did you go, did you swim today? Did you, I mean, crazy. And that's, that is the way in which I have blamed myself that I could have done more. And granted he had a tragic accident and because of his health issues, he wasn't able to survive it. Yeah. And, you know, things like that. It's like you torture yourself for years and years and years. And at the end of the day, it's not my fault. Right. And I know that. Yeah. Now. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I am just now coming out of this shell of, like, everyone that I know and love is going to die tomorrow. Yeah. Like, every time my phone rings, every time... I don't know. I think one of the hardest parts for me about loss was just the the doubt and like the lack of trust yeah. in the universe that it instilled in me that I I don't feel like I ever had before. Like yeah. I've never been this like super positive. I mean, I'm a po- I don't think I'm a negative person, yeah. but I just I've been very realistic. I've my, yeah. my whole life. And, yeah. But this just like made it so much worse that like every time my phone rings. I'm just like, oh, who's dead now? Like that's right. literally how I think. And yeah. it's just, you You said, I mean, it's not, you can't live like this. And I'm just. Well, it's almost like people that have experienced loss sabotage 
every other good thing in their life. Absolutely. And I think because you, Renee it's like your Brown defense says it best. <laughs> she, as she does. Um, but yeah, it's you're the only one that is gonna like control the outcome of the situation. So it's like, yeah, like I can lay in bed at night and imagine that X, Y, and Z is happening to my brother mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. whatever, and drive myself absolutely crazy. And then the moments in which I'm could be happy with right. these people, I could I could just not sabotage it. Right. Like that's an alternative. Huh. Yeah. It's a crazy concept. It's, <laughs> it's like just don't concept. drive yourself crazy. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. I yeah, should drop breaking stuff. Yeah, no, that's important yeah. to know. <laughs> <laughs> but like I alluded to this in one a previous episode, I don't remember which one, but where I talked about I felt this like calm right after I lost my dad and the immediate weeks, early months of like, nothing is in my control. I have zero power. So let it go. And I'm, I am not a control freak, but I want to know like what's happening. I want to feel like I have the control of things that are in my life. And then this happened, shocked us all. And it, it just, it like instilled this, like, okay, all right. Life is capable of this, so cool. And I, it was like calming, which is so weird. I'm jealous of you. That's well, it awesome. lasted. It was very short lived. I want to let me like, let me wow. clarify. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, now I'm back, but <laughs> but like, but it's it's just so interesting how how it happened in the like the immediate aftermath of the most traumatic thing that I've ever experienced yeah. in my entire life was there was like this sense of serenity, which is just so. I don't know. Did I you mean, not experience that? No. Is this I'm weird? I'm looking okay. at you like... Okay. Yeah. Her face, you guys. Awesome. Like it's... Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think I felt like that. I still don't... I consciously am aware that that is probably the mindset that I should have. Yeah. But it is a constant struggle. Yeah. 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 Me I too. think I think just knowing what you can and cannot control is... I. I I have a list of the things that I can and cannot control that I have to remind myself because Mm -hmm. I overthink, overanalyze, like everything. Yeah. Because I'm so terrified. Yeah. I'm afraid. Like, and that is another issue. Yes. Yep. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm afraid of being blindsided. I'm afraid of losing people. I'm afraid, like the list goes on. And I think that losing someone has a way of, scaring the bejesus out of you. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've also learned recently that you cannot let your fears dictate your decisions in your life because you won't be happy. <laughs> it's No, that's, yeah. And I think, I know that this sounds maybe silly, but I, I don't remember who said this. I'm pretty sure it's really famous and everyone will be like, oh my God, how does she not know who said it? But true happiness is achieved when what you think, what you say, and what you do are harmonious with each other. And I think I've that, never heard that. Okay, really great. Would. So yeah. maybe <laughs> I'm adding some sort of value. Yeah. Um, but I think for such a long time, all of those th- three things were very different for me. And I'm really trying to like align them. And yeah. I know that that doesn't necessarily sound applicable in this scenario, but I really do think no, it very much does. that it, that it is. Yeah. And you just have to, I don't know. Oh no, what you're saying, it all, it all makes sense. I, I think, you know, you're 10, almost 10 years removed from this loss and 
here you are still talking about it and thinking about it. It just proves, obviously this is, it's not just something that happens to you and then you spend the next year or whatever fixing or trying to get over and then you move on and like you resume life as you once were. Like this totally changes everything that you are, everything that you knew, everything that once gave you comfort is different. And, and the person who gave you comfort is gone. Right. So like finding, finding a new outlet for comfort or for support or for love is, is an ongoing, like that will never end. Right. You know, I think also it's just setting your expectations. It's like, for me, you know, I think a lot of people say it gets easier, it gets easier. I'm not sure that that's entirely true. I think it gets, it certainly is in some ways, but it's like, I don't think that there will ever be a day when I go to a wedding and watch a father daughter mm-hmm. dance and don't absolutely break down completely. Yeah. I just don't think it will. And yeah. I think me knowing that yeah. is helpful <laughs> because, you know, I'm like, maybe in five years, this won't break my heart into a million pieces and I won't have to walk out of the wedding because yeah. I'm hyperventilating. Mm. That probably will happen until I'm like 85 going yeah. to people's weddings. And like, that's okay. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. And I I'm, I'm, I accept that as yeah. my new reality. Yeah. Um, new. It's been 10 years. Um, yes. My no, reality I mean, going forward. Yeah. And that's okay. That's when I break down. Yeah. And I, that's it's who you are that's now. That's all right. Yeah. 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 I thought, I thought a lot about this because you always just, it's so, it's, it's a curse and a blessing to, to have, to see people go through grief because you, I don't know if you did, but I compared myself to a lot of people and I compared myself to people who I thought really had it together and who were able to just build this beautiful and amazing life going forward. And then I saw people who really spiraled and, and who lost control of their live lives. And, and, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to find the path that works for you. And it's hard to accept the path that works for you. I think that you just, that's what it is. I think it's, oh, well, someone said that a grief counselor was, and to someone that could be their saving grace. Right. And to someone else that could be the last thing in the world that they need. There's no right or wrong. And it's totally, you have to be in tune with what you need and what feels right for you, which is easier said than done. Right. Takes years to figure out what that is. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Um, you know, some people it's really cathartic to go through photos and cards Mm -hmm. and, voicemails and Oof. for some that is I like just got chills yeah. because I yeah I, I have can't. a very hard time with that I do too. and I still have all of them on my phone so I, and I email see, them to myself I I mean this was 10 years ago like I had a Blackberry and I oh, have a Blackberry yeah. that I think that was the year my dad learned how to text mm-hmm. and I have a text message from him on that Blackberry that like I will save forever yeah. haven't turned it on and I don't remember how mm-hmm. long because I'm terrified but it was like <laughs> Good morning, Alyssa. I am learning how to text. <laughs> Hi, Dad. Oh, my like, God, that's so good. No, I mean, I think that I block most of that out unless I'm feeling like having a great cry. Yeah. Which is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is sure. important. Yeah. It's okay to, like, let yourself... Yeah, you have to or else you're going to... Burst. Yes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But what was hard for me... And I didn't know if these people had experienced a loss or not, but I remember people coming up to me... Even still, they would come up to me and say like, oh, every day gets a little bit better 
or I would say like someone would come over and be like, Hey, how are you doing? I'm just like, Oh, I'm just not having a great day. And they're like, still, Oh my God. I know. I'm just like, what? Like, like there's an end date. Like there's a, there's a, a by when I should like not be sad anymore. So then, you know, that I was also letting get into my head of just like, Oh wow. I really need to get myself to get like, I can't be sad anymore. Yeah. Like this has to, this has to stop. Yeah. But it's like, what? Yeah, no, that no, that's not no expiration date. Correct. On yeah, your feelings right. <laughs> on this matter. Right. I know. I know. But yeah, people. I mean, listen. It's also hard. I recognize that it's hard to know what to say, and I think that some people. I I don't know what to say when this happens to other people. Yeah. People are like, um, Alyssa, I have a friend who lost this person and I would just like love some advice on what to say and how to handle it. And I'm like, I don't know. Like who knows what they, you're their friend. Yeah. No, but I'm also like, this isn't like, I don't have like a master's degree in law of what to say to people when you lose someone. It's, you know, you, you do your best and the, hopefully the person understands that it was really hard to have the courage to even bring it up and say something. And you know, I try and appreciate that, but yeah, there's nothing anyone's going to say that's going to make you feel better. Of course not. Yeah, and I mean, I think for me, when I was talking about just kind of like the numbing of of me talking about this, it's that yeah. people say to me all the time, your dad would be so proud of you. Oh, yeah. And I used to crumble yeah. when people said that. Yeah. And now it's like, unless like one of a few people say that to me that are like very close to me that knew my dad right, or like right. knew of him in an amazing way, I just, that doesn't. Even I, it's like I have like this bubble over me that like it's this like robotic it's coming, response. yeah. And I'm like, like yes, Thank you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I used to have a really hard time. Well, people still say that stuff to me, but especially after I had a baby, that like oh, it just all that, and it makes me emotional and sad. But okay, this is sort of a different scenario. But I was thinking when I was deciding whether or not I wanted to like quit my job in Baltimore and move back to Denver. Um. And people were giving me the advice of your dad wouldn't want this. Right. Your dad would not want you to do this and like uproot your life and blah, blah, blah. And I, I, it was like a visceral, violent reaction that I have of like, A, how dare you? Yeah. B, he doesn't get a say because he ain't here. Right. So like, I'm just like. It's just so weird that people, yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. And I know it's coming from a good yes. place. And that's, yes. I, I, I have to remind myself of that so active, like very, yes. very actively yes. because otherwise I would just walk around flipping everyone yeah. off, which I, I don't want to do. If, uh, Sometimes I do, yeah. but <laughs> behind their back, they can't see. But I like, I don't know. It's just, it's so, yeah, it's hard. And I, Cause I get asked that as well. And I just, and my response is to just like, just show up and you don't need to say anything because nothing you say is going to make them feel better. They're, it's an unspeakable sadness and pain and it is unbearable. Like it, it is unbearable. So just don't try to make it better. Don't come in with words of wisdom and just say, I'm here for you. And like, I love you. And I was just thinking about you. So I just wanted you to know I'm thinking about you. Yeah. Like that is my advice. The only thing I will tell people not to say is everything happens for a oh, reason. Oh, no. Nope. Uh-uh. Yeah. Oh, you don't even... That that one, I really always, no matter in this situation or any other... Oh, good Lord. Look at the people's intention. Sometimes their words are wrong. But that one, mm-hmm. that's an automatic no-no for that's me. A- <laughs> I'm like, oh... 
Tell what me. What reason yeah. did this? They're like, well, look at your, look what you've built. Oh, I'm like, God. I would so rather have my dad than this company. Right. So yeah, that's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah. I've talked about that with, with several people yeah. about that response. It, everyone gets that response. Uh, Even before losing my dad, that was never a go-to for me. Ever. <laughs> And so people always, my mom would always say to me, knew you were a smart cookie. <laughs> well, but people would say to me like, you know, once now that you've experienced it, you know what to say. And I'm just like, okay. But before I experienced this, I would never say like your dad died for a reason. Like what? I don't, I can't Pray even tell. Stop. What is that yeah, reason? I can't even. Tell, let me know. Because I would love a I would reason. love to know why. <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna take a really quick break. Welcome back, guys. Um, okay, so we were kind of talking a little bit about things people said and and su- um, support systems. Um, you have a brother, a younger brother. I do. Okay, so what? So he was young. He was fifteen. He was fifteen. Okay. Yeah. So what was that like? It was really awful. Um, I mean, I will. I obviously, of course, will always remember the night that, you know, I got the phone call from my mom, Mm -hmm. but I just remember all I could keep saying and repeating was my brother's 15, my brother's 15, my brother's 15. And it was, I don't know why that was like all I could think about and all I could say. And, you know, I give him the most kudos because he probably grieved and dealt with this better than I have, like beyond. (laughs) Why do you say that? Because he just, he, he just faces everything like head on and he's not about the distraction and doing a million other things. I think he just like actually went through it, which at 15, I don't really know how one does that. There's such complex feelings. Yeah. And I think also my brother has this memory that I just cannot sometimes he's like do you remember that one time we were here with dad and he said this and I was like no like you were eight how do you remember that and he just has these memories and he just I don't know I'm also just super obsessed with my brother so I give him kudos for everything but yeah I think um you know that's really hard it's hard to deal with it at any age but yeah I mean a 15 year old boy that just blows yeah seriously (laughs) did you feel this need to like protect it why I mean why did you keep repeating that were you were you was it coming from a place of and you may not know the answer to this because I remember the stuff that I was repeating and saying and it was such a it was just so natural like the words that were coming out of my mouth when I got the call yeah and so I wonder if maybe you were thinking it sucks. He's 15. He's not going to remember anything or he's 15. Like I have to protect him. He's my baby brother. Like, I think it was both of those yeah, things. I was yeah. just, I, it was like my heart broke for him mm. that 
he didn't have as much time with my dad that I did. He yeah. didn't get those extra four years. Mm. And my brother and I have talked about this at nauseum, and I think, you know, it's cliche, but we had such good time with my dad. Like, and people, you know, people have complicated families and complicated yeah. relationships, and we just had the best dad and the best yeah. time with him. And it, we're so lucky that we had that time. And sometimes people don't even have even close to yeah. that or they have triple the years and not even doesn't even make a yeah. dent in the type of relationship. So, you know, I think we are just so grateful that we had the dad that we had and we had the time with him that we did. And I, we try and focus on that and not, what we could have had and you know, those, the lost time in the lost years. But yeah, I think I just felt horrible. I didn't want my brother to have to go through that from a protective place, from a developmental place, from everything. And I think, you know, my brother too, he grew up really quickly after that, you know, it was, he, I think immediately was like, okay, I have to be the man of the household. And you know what? He was, and he still is. And it's funny. He, you know, we don't live in the, I live in LA and he lives in Denver and, you know, whether it's conscious or subconscious, he, you know, is, tries to kind of be that, you know, figure. And I think, you know, just checks in on me and whatever. And, you know, it's made our relationship. I mean, he's my best friend. And I think regardless, we'd always have been best friends, whether our dad passed away Mm -hmm. or not. But, um, yeah, I think it's just, bonded us together you know that much more and yeah yeah I think about that a lot the I also had a very very close relationship with my dad and something I thought about after he died that you you hear whether it's like on tv or wherever that you know whenever someone dies that they think about like their regrets or like the that they wish they had done xyz or and like I don't have that I just I my dad and I were also so, so close and I loved him so much. And like, I, I know that he knows that and he always felt that. So I, I don't have those regrets. Um, but after it was a couple weeks after he passed away, my, uh, a friend of my husband's who lost his dad when he was like three or something. So he didn't even know his dad he sent me this whole letter that said you know you like I'm so envious that you are you have you you get to miss your dad you had this incredible Mm. relationship with him and it's like I don't even he experiences moments of grief or sadness where he's he's grieving for his dad but like he doesn't know the person that he's missing. Yeah. And, and I remember thinking, I know. And I remember thinking I like this, a small part of me wishes that like I hated my dad or I wish I had a horrible relationship with him so that it was just less pain. Yeah. Um, and then I read that letter and I was just like, no, I, 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 I'm so unbelievably fortunate that I, I get to grieve this just incredible person and bond and relationship. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 I forgot about that until you just like mentioned that about. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I guess the more pain, the more testament to like. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. yeah, It is true. I mean, you don't want to think about that. No, but it is true. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to be like, 
I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh God, today is horrible. Man, I loved him. Like, <laughs> it's just, just like, it just feels so, the, the, the balance or the contrast. I don't know what the yeah. word I'm thinking yeah. of is, but I don't know. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> that one got me. I know. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to bring it back to the question that you we were laughing about at first, and then you mentioned on here, do you have any words of wisdom? LOL. <laughs> <laughs> but anything to sort of like impart, I mean, you know, you say that you used your business as an as as a distraction or whatever word, but it, but it wasn't a distraction. This was yeah. this was your way to connect to your dad, and yeah. I I don't know if people who shop your stuff know that like this wasn't your distraction this was your this was your relationship with your dad living on yeah and like like I didn't know that and I have so many of your things and I just like well I think I love that yeah I think I think that in the beginning when everything when I started making them and people were buying them I think it was very much so people were trying to support me yeah through a difficult time totally and I think as time went by and as the business grew, the story was not what was propelling the business. The product was propelling the business. Mm-hmm. And I think in the beginning it was the opposite. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Like yeah. from a business perspective, I appreciate that. But yeah. I think that there are so many people and we get DMs on Instagram that are like, can you like talk about your story? And I, we kind of stopped doing that. Yeah. And... I think, and I would like to think that, I mean, it's cool. A lot of the people that have become fans of the brand have become fans of the brand because of the product. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And I think maybe if they also knew the story and what went into it, they would like it that much more. And maybe that is something to speak, that I should speak to more. But it's also hard. Yeah. It is hard. But, you know, I do think, and especially in the beginning, I used to say whenever I was doing anything, whether it was making a scarf or doing anything pertaining to building this in the beginning it wasn't a company but building whatever it was that it was it was my time with my dad it was something tangible it was a tangible way for me to connect to him and that that's what that was for me and I think that it's hard to have something tangible to connect with someone that is so lucky so that I was lucky in that way but I mean you created it I want to let me clarify I don't think it's luck that it just like you stumbled upon no I mean I think it's a lot of I think timing has to align I think it does take hard work I think it's finding the right people I mean it's a million different things but I think I believe in what I'm doing yeah. on a greater level. And I think that that gives, that fuels me to make sure it continues. Yeah. Um, both for myself and for other people. And I think, you know, I seek with our clothing to make people feel good. And that can mean a lot of different things that can mean looking in the mirror and feeling like you look amazing and that you can handle whatever the day is going to throw at you. Or it can be someone who's buying one of our scarves that, you know, they're going to sit with their sister in chemo every day Mm -hmm. and wrap the scarf around her and it's like her security blanket. And I cannot tell you how many emails that I have gotten like that. And there's something that the people that do know the story connect to 
And that's everything. Yeah. That's so, so emotionally fulfilling for you. It is. And, you know, there's a lot of good that comes from this. You know, we produce everything locally. It's like I see that the work that we're giving people is helping them put food on the table for their families. It's yeah. like there's so much more to this than making, than just fashion. Totally. And that's something that is the most important part for me, that that, you know, is carried on. And, you know... In my dad's name. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just want... I do want it as much as when people tell me that, I feel like it's a standard thing to say. But yeah, that's all I want. I, all I want to do is make my dad proud. Yeah. At the end of the day. I mean... I... Yeah. I... Don't cry. Don't cry. <laughs> Mic drop. Yep. I'm going to just look away. <laughs> um, no, I'm... I... Yeah. I... Your resilient spirit and... and it is so much more than a, a brand and a job to you. Like it is, it's your, you are connecting to your heart to like the deepest depths of your soul to connect to your dad. And I just, I see that. And I, I really hope our listeners do too. And they go, go onto their Instagram or website <laughs> shop Donnie, Donnie on Instagram obsessed. It's amazing. <laughs> Sorry. Did not mean to add that plug, but I really also <laughs> did because now it's, I, I just, that's a piece of your story that I didn't know before. And I, I love it so much, Alyssa. So thank you. Thank you so, so much for being here. Thank this you for having me. Delightful. Um, yeah. Great therapy session. <laughs> I appreciate Great. this selfishly. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for joining me. Continue to take care of yourself and remember that you have an entire community of people who get you.